Why? And welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer. I am Joe Patrice from Above the Law. Uh, this is the Above the Law podcast where we cover big legal stories of the week. The person who interrupted me there is Catherine Pino. <laughs> As per usual. Yeah. Uh, can we make it not usual? That'd be great. Uh, Probably not. We're also joined, of course, Hi. by Above the Law's Chris Williams. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey. So we have some big legal stuff to break down today. I don't know if we have enough time to like even have another segment. You know what? Oh, I hear it. It's time for some small talk. Is it? Yeah. Is the time? Is that what that noise is meant to convey? It is. So uh, <laughs> welcome to small talk. How are you? I mean, I am. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, uh, you had, uh, you can let people know, you had, had a rough a, week. I did. I was in a car accident on Thursday, last week. Um, yeah, it was the first time I was in a serious car accident. And I guess, you know, I've been in a fender bender, kind of dinged mm -hmm. up. But no, I mean, this was like airbags deployed. I'm wow. bruised up. Car had to be towed. Yeah. It's unlikely that I will see the car again. <laughs> Sad. Oh. Yeah, it it not my favorite. No. Not zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Yeah. At least you're okay. Uh you said you're bruised, but you seem I am. I am bruised. My knee is a little sore, but you know, listen, there was no blood. Uh the other driver was also fine. It was their fault. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it. it was their fault. I mean, they admitted it to on the scene. They just kind of crash right on it into me <laughs> yeah but it was not my favorite but yeah. i was very lucky in the sense that there were witnesses who gave statements and actually the witness is were a married couple who were paramedics who got out of the car oh, and immediately nice. checked on me and whatever so it was kind of amazing to actually have somebody because i you remember nothing when yeah. you, like all of you think you know what to do when a car accident happens well especially as an attorney you would think you would have thoughts in your head about what to do and they were like, please sit down. And I was like, I can follow that instruction. <laughs> that was that was about all I could really handle. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Need yeah. a new car. But other than that. How about you? Did you have a did you have as eventful a week? Not not particularly. No. Um, <laughs> no, I did not have anything like that happen. I guess it was Halloween. Chris, do you do anything on Halloween? Yeah, uh, I went to a bar. And I had mm -hmm. a buffalo chicken quesadilla that was a little too heavy on the uh, cumin. But, you know, okay. we, we all survive. We, we deal with the life we've been given. Um, <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. The sour cream was nice. Um, nice. So, you know, I too have, I too have felt pain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's, I guess, get to some stuff on the back end of this segment. The end of do you find it as annoying as I do, Chris? This these sound effects. <laughs> well, because whoa, it's it's. I I like a bit of whimsy, you know. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm cool with it. And also for the for the folks bum, listening, um, what we're doing right now, we can actually see each other's faces. So I mm -hmm. just want you to know that Catherine really doesn't like the sound, yeah. but I just see the joy on Joe's face. And I'm yeah. just, I'm just, you know, just trying not to get, trying not to get uh, attacked by also enjoying the frustration <laughs> on Catherine's face. So Joe lives 
to frustrate me, though. That is, like, his raison d'etre. Like, I, I mean, it's worked out for our professional uh, careers here. Uh, as a general uh, Having rule, an antagonist. As yeah. a general rule, whenever somebody uses uh, conversational French in conversation, I hope they get annoyed. So, <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. If you were going to rank ATL editors by the most pretentious to the least, Joe would definitely be number one, though, right? W- wait, what? Give me my time. Look, I'm making inroads. Have you read what I write? (laughs) Fair, fair. All right. So, wow. You know, when (laughs) I will say when Ellie left this show, I worried that I wouldn't be able to keep up an antagonistic relationship with a co-host, and you, you slid right on in there, and you've done you, you. I think you've actually elevated the game above where Ellie was. So, well, I, I do what I can. Fair enough. That's, um, that's when you do the applause sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is too long of a sound effect. It is a little long. Yeah. I don't know. Jesus. Maybe they can clean that up in post. It's like this the distinction between a round of applause and a lap of one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so we have some big stories from last week to talk about, but actually right now we're in the middle as we record this of big stories of this week, so let's talk about that a little bit. Reproductive freedom, we hardly knew ye. Well, no, I mean, I, I, in fairness, I think, I think the way this is going to turn out is you get to know it for a little bit longer, but the oral arguments are going on in this SB8 nonsense, and uh, <laughs> it is... Uh, it's a bit of a doozy. But I think the first angle we wanted to tackle on this, I guess, is, uh, Chris, you wanted to talk about the Supreme Court precedent that everybody didn't know they needed to know until today, ex parte young. By wanting to talk about that, I had a question <laughs> about it. <laughs> the question being, should we explain to people the legal significance of ex parte young? And by that, I mean, I don't know the legal significance of ex parte young. So hopefully one of you two can fill everybody else in on it. So fair enough. In a nutshell, what ex parte young was about, uh, this is a very old case, 1800s something or other. I'm not enough of an expert, but basically. I remember ignoring that case in my casebook. There we go. I mean, I uh, fair enough. Well, so the Supreme Court, so in a nutshell, the Constitution, the 11th Amendment says people can't sue states in federal court. You can't file a lawsuit against Texas in federal court. That's just banned by the Constitution. That said, in Ex parte Young, we got had a situation where Minnesota, I think, had passed some laws that arguably violated the Constitution. And when the officials of Minnesota went about trying to enforce those laws, folks filed a suit in federal court saying that this person is violating my, my you know, constitutional rights. Sure. The court determined that that isn't a violation of the 11th Amendment to bring that case, partially because if the law is unconstitutional, they don't have a legal right to be doing it, uh, so the 11th Amendment wouldn't apply, but also that the officers who are taking the action are acting not as people with sovereign immunity, but as people, which means the 11th Amendment doesn't apply. So crux of it is if somebody... If some state passes a law that violates the Constitution, you can go to federal court not to sue the state proper, but to sue, say, the attorney general or the cops or the DAs or whoever it is who's enforcing the unconstitutional rule. The logic being that if you didn't 
allow that, you basically make it so that states could just take away people's federally constitutionally protected rights and avoid review. I see why this, that's relevant here. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually looked it up now. This case, this actually was 1908, now that, I, uh, now that I look. But lording over it, right, is um, the fact that this is a post-Civil War case, right? Like a lot of the, even though this was about Minnesota and railroads, the the implication of it was largely the that the South, that the South might be doing things that they couldn't do under the Constitution. And so there needed to be a remedy around that. And so here we are. There was a dissent in this case from Harlan, who is the person they want to name the Supreme Court, that that the crazy people want to name the Supreme Court after, but whatever. So that's, uh, that's this case. Uh, this comes up today because SB 8, of course, is the abortion law in Texas that says you can't sue women for getting abortions and Texas can't do anything because it's a constitutional right, but random people can sue the providers for doing it, basically. Or, frankly, anyone who advises someone that they could do it. Right. Uh, right. It's the like snitch Uber law. drivers on the way. Right. Exactly. To get an abortion. Yeah. And the argument here is that this is, you know, a law intended to block the exercise of a constitutional right and therefore can be challenged in federal court under ex parte. This is not an answer that Alito particularly likes, who is very much excited about the idea of having random laws be insulated from judicial review. But it does seem as though this case, I mean, you've been listening, this yeah. case seems like it's doomed. Yes, uh, I think that the... Um, and by that, I mean the law seems doomed. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I don't think that Texas is going to win this one. I think it will largely be a hollow victory because Mississippi is about to win one. Right. Yeah. There's already a yeah. a real challenge to Roe v. Wade coming up. But mm -hmm. I mean, I think that these issues, these ex-party young issues were incredibly obvious when it came up for a stay and the shadow docket said, no, we're going to let it go into effect. Um, and this was exactly the problem that Roberts had with it. And that's why he voted the way he did on the shadow docket. And it just seems to me like this was obvious the entire time. This is not new information. And the fact that now they may rule against Texas just belies the point that it is not about the actual constitutional rights of people with uteruses, but instead about this procedural um, morass that Texas has created and the desire to insulate gun manufacturers. Well. Yeah, and yeah, you raised the gun manufacturer point, which yeah. seems to be which gun rights groups actually came in on this case on the side of abortion providers, which is a, you know, not a common uh, bedfellows, uh, bedfellows yeah. situation. But they rolled in quickly with a it seems to me, hey, you guys, this that, would be really bad for that us. This just basically makes it such that California says anyone can sue gun sellers and avoid any judicial review. That is something that Kavanaugh seems to have locked in on. As one person I saw put it, Kavanaugh's locked in a debate between how much he hates abortions and how much he loves guns. Uh, <laughs> but it feels as though guns might be winning this Well, one. thanks to Mississippi, he doesn't actually have to exactly. split that baby, right? He can vote. To Quite literally. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, God. Um, oh, oh, yeah. oh, There man. needs to be, come on, that's, oh, bah, 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 bah. no, 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 no. Uh, I just thought it was a, 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 a a strikingly poor way of doing Yikes. it. I Yikes. think the punchline was a little premature. <laughs> oh. So, so. Uh, anyway. Yes, go on. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> Kavanaugh 
And the rest of the conservatives in the court are more than able to protect the gun lobby in this instance and still take away reproductive freedom in the Mississippi case in like a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it'll they probably get to do be it June, all. but yeah. They get to do everything. Well, uh, the the, right, I, the I believe here. the hearing will be in a month. Yeah. yeah. But a month after this case comes out, in all likelihood. So, I mean, but the, but the real takeaway out of this, I, I don't know if anyone else has favorite takeaways of everything that happened this morning. I, I feel as though the dweebs trying to bring this case's argument that outrage is the uh, justification for standing. Some geniuses. <sighs> I, some geniuses. Justice Kagan continues an uninterrupted run of being the person on the court who cuts through everybody else's nonsense. How would uh, you it even just, prove outrage? I, right. Like, would I you mean, use well, an IED standard? I, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, that, that's certainly the the implication of this person. But I mean, this isn't that, this like, question, a, isn't that like a high ass standard? Like, I'm pretty it's sure. Supposed, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like, I remember. I remember there was some course where like somebody got uh, aggressively sexually assaulted in New York, and it was like, yeah, this is bad, but it's not IED. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I was like, if that's the standard, let them have it. There won't be a problem anymore. Yeah, I. The, yeah. It, and as you might imagine, it was not uh, well received by Chief Justice Roberts, who has spent the last decade or so trying to keep people from out having court. rights yeah. to go to court, uh, to find out that being peeved now counts as standing uh, was not his uh, his cup of tea. Uh, the some geniuses line was Kagan uh, rolling through. Uh, I feel like just the with way pure contempt with pure contempt, pure contempt to the contempt. Texas. It was it was. To the Texas Laudable. Solicitor General. So some geniuses came up with a way to evade ex parte young and the broader principle that states cannot nullify federal constitutional rights. I guess I just don't understand the argument, which was brutal. But yeah, so right now we are having the corollary case where the Department of Justice is trying to assert its rights in this case on the argument that, you know, Texas is trying to take away federal supremacy clause. Sure. It seems as though the conservatives don't want to side with the feds on this one, which is in a weird way more terrifying because it seems as though they want to get rid of this law on the grounds that it messes with federal supremacy, but they don't want to recognize that federal supremacy exists. Why are they avoiding that? I thought there was a I mean was like I, a, a given. That was super clear. I think yeah. I think they want a situation in which they can have states screw up. States the feds, rights, man. States the feds rights. in other places, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. The, that the less broad statements they can make about the federal government's supremacy, the better off the conservative movement is, right? Because they're more likely to win in localities as opposed to federal offices, right? Yeah. I think this whole dance they're doing is fun with, um, well, just from a just from a theory point of view, like of wanting to maintain a strong Second Amendment, but trying to curtail other constitutional rights. Because I think that is a, that was one of the questions that was brought up during um, oral argument, right? It was like, mm -hmm. could what if somebody use this, um, this workaround of young to deal with other things that are constitutionally protected? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. Well, yeah. It's been, it's been an interesting morning. That said, it's one of those times, especially when you listen to Breyer just kind of like go off, 
Briar, like, obviously people are annoyed with Briar for a lot of reasons right now, but the fact that he doesn't really add... Mostly because he hasn't retired. But the fact that he doesn't really add much to the court right now is what's really annoying. Like, he's not retiring, and he just sits up there and pontificates about, like, what Oliver Wendell Holmes would have done, which nobody else cares about. Like, if that's the sort of thing you want to talk about, just go Go back to to law law school. school, Because that's... Why did did you go to law school? To be a lawyer. I thought it was to be an accountant. No. You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IELTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. I love Chris's utter contempt for our little back and forth there. Wait, see, no, see, no, see. no. That's 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 not taken. Okay. That was mis- misinterpreted. My thought, <laughs> my thought in that head shake, because again, everyone, we can see each other's faces, was... Yeah. You come for the current events, you stay for the transitions. That was good. That was fucking good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, good. All right. So we we pulled it off. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So what else was big? Well, the big story of last week on- Money, a- money, money, money. No. Oh, not as it turns out. The actual biggest traffic story of last week that people were caring about was Donald Trump has a new social media service, uh, his like version of Twitter where you can't be banned, except he is banning everybody who doesn't say things he likes. But whatever. Uh, the new like, like the exact problem he has with Twitter. Right. So the new like cool. Cool, alt cool. Twitter. So he created it. Unfortunately for him, it is clear from people who are more software savvy than we are, uh, it is clear that this was put together with a bunch of open source code that they lifted from the internet. Uh, The thing with open source code in the open source community is software engineers create this code, post it up for people to use with the license that allows others to use it, explicitly stating, you can use this if you you know, release it back to the public and make no proprietary claims upon it. Trump, of course, is not trying to run a social media business where he doesn't claim it's proprietary. He has been alerted by the folks who manage this particular license that he has 30 days to release all of the code or else face legal action. And uh, that's where we sit. IP is a bitch, huh? Yeah, yeah. Runs, I think the title is he runs face first into the buzzsaw of intellectual property. I mean, this is not even a <laughs> difficult one. Uh, and look, it, in the past, we've had uh, there was that fairly disgraceful prosecution of Sergei Alinikov in here in New York, mm-hmm. which we covered at the time. And uh, for even better coverage, you can read. Uh, I think Michael Lewis wrote a big thing about it. That was a situation where he was working for Goldman Sachs, and when he went to a different place, he took some of the code of what he had been working on. Now, that would be illegal if what he had been working on was actually Goldman Sachs's. However, as it turned out, it was open source code that Goldman Sachs had lifted and was claiming was proprietary in violation of the license. Ultimately, because the former prosecutor here uh, has never met a situation, or I guess still, maybe he's still in office until Cy the Vance? end of- Yes, yeah. I, I, his replacement has been elected. I, I can't remember if they took office. Anyway. Isn't it 
Well, week. oh yeah, no. It's, Isn't it's the election this... day tomorrow? Oh right, I forget. I always, yeah. I always forget everybody as a New Yorker that there are November election days because those don't matter. <laughs> the, the Democratic primary one is the one that matters. But you're right. So Cy Vance, uh, never seeing a headline he didn't want to crash in on, decided that he would prosecute this person on behalf of Goldman Sachs and uh, put them in jail for. Also, he never found a bank that he didn't want to be on the side. Didn't want to help yeah. out. Yeah. So anyway, very disgraceful. But the point is. This was a similar situation where somebody had stolen code and not stolen. They're totally legally allowed to use it so long as they release it. But they take it and then try to make a quick buck in violation of the licensing agreement. But yeah. Yeah, that happened. It is. It is what happened. Any other uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's hope this IP claim is the end of this terrible social experiment. Yeah. It's interesting. It just seems like, though, this is par for the former president's course, right? Like, do something that's very obviously improper, double down on it, get caught long after you've already absconded with everything you need from the deal. Mm -hmm. Leave it holding the bag. I assume it's a separate corporation so we can go bankrupt. And yeah, Yeah. it's very shady, shady business. I mean, the only hope is that the alternative to Twitter does not actually get off the ground. Right. Yeah, we'll see. What happened with the other alternative Trump did? How is that faring? I haven't heard about it in ages. Well, so Parler was not a Trump joint, but it was like done for that benefit. Yeah, the the problem for them was they tried to do it and all the server companies said, we don't actually want to host you. you. So they Mm. didn't, they, they dumped millions of dollars into it, but not the money to build their own server farm. They were trying to just get by with using Amazon or Microsoft. Those companies didn't want them, so that kind of fell apart. There's Telegram, Telegraph, whatever that is. That's kind of a that's kind of become the new alternative. But whatever. We'll see. For all the conspiracy theories you need. The one thing that constantly grabs my attention, just again as a point of theory, just so like the Trump phenomenon is one, it just appears that there are a lot of Americans that on some level might actually be okay with monarchy. Um, yeah. Just like the cult of personality this man has. And the second thing is for like uh, a party that's like centered on like making America great again and winning, he just keeps taking L's, just <laughs> loss after loss after loss. And I'm like, yeah. this is this is stronger commitment than like Eagles fans have. Like, oh, wow. you know, it, I can nice. say that because I'm in Camden, which is near Philly. I'm a big fan of, Eagles fans. I'm not really into football, but whoever Eagles fans root for, I will root for them because I've seen what they do when they win. If you destroy your city when you win, I'm your fan. Like, you know, let that be said. But yeah, Trump is like the phenomenon of Trump is just a a strange event. The the Eagles did manage to win this week, so there is that. If the Eagles by a considerable amount. By a a hefty margin. Yeah. Should have taken them in my Survivor League because there's not going to be many other good opportunities. But whatever. (laughs) We'll see. So let's hear from Lexicon right now and then uh, check back in on the other side. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. Okay, so 
we should talk about lawyers and just like they're making bank these days, right? They are. That's, they you know, are. that that is ultimately, let's do the rallying cry of lawyers. Get ready to feel the power of attorney. The power of attorney. Wow. Yeah, I dug that one up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what? That I'm, that was yeah. a thing that happened. As time yeah. goes on, maybe, maybe Catherine's right. <laughs> mm. I'm not wrong. I'll tell you what. I'm not wrong. I may not be right. I'm not wrong. Uh, Yeah, so there's a ton of money out there. We've talked kind of ad nauseum about the hot lateral market, and particularly on the transactional side in big law. If you want to try to go somewhere new, the world is really your oyster. There's not enough qualified attorneys to go around. And the latest reporting is that in an effort to get these highly sought after lateral attorneys firms are offering signing bonuses in the $500,000 range what which is a lot of money yeah yeah and, um, and i think it's interesting that's squid game level <laughs> uh, we we also did a survey at above the law asking folks what they expected out of bonus season and the majority of folks or the largest cadre of folks think that bonuses will be larger in 2021 than they were in 2020. And I firmly disagree. I think that the base bonus numbers will stay the same. And if anything, there'll be more special bonuses or as Paul Weiss. Right. That was going to be my transition. Yeah. Yeah. Has come out and said that they were going to do practice area bonuses. And I think that is really what we're going to see. And I think that this signing bonus also dovetails with the increase in practice area stuff, because for your average, let's say, litigation associate, yeah. which there are plenty of, they're already getting paid an awful lot of money. Yeah, they're working a lot of hours, yeah. but they're making, they're making, they're probably not going to see any more money. But if you're talking about a capital markets associate right now, yeah, you know, whether it's trying to retain those valuable associates with practice area or discretionary bonuses of some sort, or you're trying to lure them to your firm with ginormous signing bonuses in the, that $500,000 range. That's what we're going to see. It's going to, it's not going to be lockstep across the associate ranks. I don't think, I think it's, it's going to be very specific. It's going to be about the folks that the firms feel like they need right now. Yeah. I, I think that's true. I understand a lot of firms like the idea of a lockstep bonus system. I mm-hmm. mean, we obviously there are those black box firms that pay everybody you know, sure. individualized money. But a lot of firms prefer to have that kind of lockstep view. Uh, it sells well in recruiting and so on. But right now, uh, yeah, I think what's going to happen is everybody's going to get their assigned bonus. And then the capital markets people, as you point out, or mergers and acquisitions, uh, the, the people who are busy and flying all over the place on the lateral market are going to get a little extra something in the stocking. I think. For sure. Did y'all mention the amount of money? Yeah, because I thought I thought it was like five hundred thousand dollars bonuses and whatnot. Yeah, that's the size of the signing bonuses that are being that, reported. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like you know I mean, how many Arizonas you could buy with that, <laughs> like pre-tax. I mean, at, at I, least five hundred thousand. Several months ago, we were already getting the reports of over a hundred thousand right, signing figures, bonuses. Yeah. Uh, so this is this does not shock me uh given the way that the market has not slowed down at all uh, mm-hmm. in those practice areas so 
Yeah, it, it hasn't slowed down. And again, it's not just that they're busy because there are periodically busy periods for any practice area, but it's that the number of folks who are really qualified to do those deals is there's not as many of them to go around. Well, and the thing is, uh, the thing with all of this stuff is it, it has to be done now. Like everybody's mm-hmm. because of the nature of how the economy has shaken out out of the recession and COVID and all that. The, these companies are sitting on money. They need to put places right now mm-hmm. uh, and they can't really sit around for a partner who only has three associates working for them to get through everything. And that means that whole armies of associates are going to have to be lured over and the victor in that personnel war gets the spoils of all that work. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel feel like every time I see some firm gives like a modest $400,000 bonus (laughs) to their associates, I feel like I need to go buy Warby Parker or Cole Hanstock because what are these, what are they, what are these kids even getting? They're like 25, 30 and like, Ooh, I got to impress. Like, what, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, they, they can't get, wear Doc Martens to office. Like, what are they doing with that cash? Because they're going to be they at get the about, office either way. Paying they, off their loans? They get about six months closer to paying off their loans. And unfortunately, <laughs> only that amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correction. Maybe I should buy some Sally May stock. What would that be? Bonds? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the business that keeps on ticking, unfortunately. Anyway, so, yes. Big money. Abortion law arguments. Yeah, and I and code. I think that it'll be very interesting. I think in the next few weeks we'll get the numbers of the f- block step and year end bonuses for 2021, and we'll see whether I am right or the ATL readers are right, and we're going to see bigger numbers. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. That way you can get shows when they immediately come out. You should be reading above the law so you see these stories as we cover them, as well as many other stories that we cover. Uh, you should also listen to other shows. Catherine's the host, Bo. I'm on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. There you go. I really don't need any of that attitude anytime I do I was going to let it slide. Mm. I was going to, and then you stopped being able to say the name of your show. I so. wasn't going to let it slide. That title's been beating your ass for the last month. And I was <laughs> oh, so more. proud. I was more. so proud of you. Look at more. that. More. It's been going on for so long. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, uh, there. also check out other shows that we are not necessarily involved with on uh, the legal talk network oh you should be following us on social media i'm at joseph patrice she is at Catherine one the numeral one chris is at rights for rent all on twitter uh you should also follow the official atl blog uh at atl blog we'll get you the official account and And like my damn tweets they're hilarious exactly (laughs) start start engaging we're here for it please and thank you Give reviews to the show, write stuff. Thanks to Lexicon and Nota, powered by M&T Bank. And I think with all of that, we will uh, talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.